What's going on, everybody? It is episode three of the Reaction Time Sports Podcast. I am your crew chief and the host of the show, Mark Meyerhoff. And here joining me today via telephone for the very first time on Reaction Time Sports Podcast. So bear with us so there's no technical difficulties. Robbie Dorman, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man. How's it going? Not too bad. It's a Tuesday night. It's about eight o'clock in the evening. And guess what? We are going to talk a little NASCAR. Woo. Loving it, digging it. Before we get going on everything, man, I know you were uh, not feeling so hot lately. And we originally had you scheduled to come in the studio here about a week ago and uh, came down with an ear infection. Yeah, that was a good time. It sounded like it. I mean, I don't know, man. You told you you texted me and told me that and everything, and I was just like, yeah, you know what, buddy? As much as I would love to still do this, I think you need to go home, take a couple of Nyquil, and uh, pass out. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. Took a, took a little bit of meds, took a nap, and still couldn't hear nothing. But we're, we're all good now. Feeling better, all ready to go, still still hitting it hard, working the 9 to 5? Oh, heck yeah. Right, gotta, gotta, gotta feed the babies, right? That's right. Keep mama happy. <laughs> Keep mama happy and everything? Absolutely. Right on, man. That's the bone, please. <laughs> Well, before we get going here, just uh, want to touch base on everybody. It's been a few days since we've uh, been able to podcast just because, uh, you know, normal life still got to work that uh, eight hour day shift to pay the bills. But uh, hopefully one day this will uh, take off and maybe I can quit my day job. But we'll uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Uh, Just really want to touch base and everybody can't thank you so much to everybody out there on social media, whether it's been Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, no matter where you are and where you're following us at the Reaction Time Sports Podcast, we, we are so thankful for everything that you guys have done. A lot of followers on Facebook. You guys have been all just outstanding. We had our first contest winner, which was Dan Svensson. He ended up winning a Minnesota sports team's goodie pack. So, Dan, if you're listening, don't worry. We didn't forget about you. That will be in the mail sooner rather than later. So be on the lookout for that. Also, too, uh, if you're looking for us out there on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Reaction Time Sports. If you're looking for us on Twitter, we're on there at Reaction Time Sports or at RTS Podcast One on Twitter. So give us a follow on there or anything else. You can shoot us messages, um, ask questions, whatever you want to do, and we'll answer them out here on the on the podcast. You know, relating to topics, whether it's Timberwolves, Vikings, Twins, Wild, Gopher Sports, NASCAR, Dirt Track Racing, you name it, we'll take care of it. Um, but thank you again so much. We are so appreciative, everybody, and we just hope to continue to grow, and we hope you continue to listen to us, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. Um, Robbie, have you been a frequent listener of the Reaction Time Sports content, uh, podcast, or have you just been just waiting for your moment of glory to come on here and talk racing? Well, I wish I could say I was just waiting for the moment of glory, but I've downloaded both episodes and, and listened to them both. It's, it's awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So I also, I also before we, we get going here, I also have a quick story for you. I don't know. Do you, you don't play like any DFS, do you? Like, uh, I, I'm not going to drop names, but like DK or FD, if you know what I'm going for. I do know what you're going for. No, I don't. Okay. So before we get going on the whole NASCAR talk, so it was the first weekend of racing. I was playing DFS like it was going out of style, and I, I put a few bucks down. Now and we'll touch on this base later, but we all know the race was originally scheduled for Sunday, but it got delayed to Monday. And while on Sunday, when the race was in rain delay, Fox was replaying the 2019 Daytona 500. Okay. And so on, you know, on my personal, my personal social media pages, Um, I'm included in a couple groups where a bunch of us all get together and we help each other come up with lineups and everything, you know, for DFS. Well, so (laughs) this is, this is really good. And if my buddy Andrew's listening, this is because of you, buddy, because you screwed up majorly. And so (laughs) the rate there, Fox is showing the 2019 Daytona 500. Well, in our group chat between me and me him and a previous special guest host on this on this podcast boom boom joey rothmeyer he was like 
what's going on? Is your guys' DK app not working? It's saying I'm stuck on lap 20. It's saying that Daniel Suarez isn't racing, but he's in third. He's like, what in the hell is going on? And I'm like, what is he talking about? And so (laughs) it dawns on me that this ding dong thinks that the race is live on TV right now, but it's a rebroadcast of a year ago. And I didn't take advantage of it. And I should have been like, oh yeah, man, I don't know what's going on with your, with your app. It, mine's working perfectly and whatnot. But when he was like, Suarez is in third, I was like, dude, that dude didn't even make the race. <laughs> right. And it finally light bulb clicked and it dawned on him that, oh, hey, this is from last year. I didn't see the weather delay in the right hand corner. Yeah, it's, it's nice and sunny right now. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, all that rain went away. It's all done. It's all gone. And I don't know. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do with these guys. I got to find new friends. I'm here for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm just kidding, Andrew. I love you, buddy. It's just uh, the old hamster wasn't working per se that day. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill me for saying this on, on air. <laughs> Perfect. But uh, no, 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 that's my funny story from the weekend, you know, and it, hopefully I'm, I don't know if I'm sure it happened to other people because it was popping up on Facebook and everything is like everybody was freaking out about what was going on. And I'm just laughing my ass off over on the other end of things. Well, cause I was, I was out with the family doing stuff and I was, I was hoping to be home in time for the race. So I'm sitting there watching it on my phone. So I'd, you know, I'm watching the president do his spiel around the track and all of a sudden we're leaving. So by the time I get home, I look at my app and it says that it's, lap 20 i turn on the tv and it's a rain delay and i see it right away it's 2019 yep. Daytona yep. i'm like what 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 what's happening what did fox do and then i started looking around like ah oh, rain delay so i was happy on one side so i could watch the whole thing but on the other side i have to wait another day right yeah that so, was uh that was the that was the crappy part there was a lot of hype around this race and we had to wait another day Yep, just building the anticipation. Right. Well, we'll uh, we are going to get to that here on the next segment break. Um, but first of all, if whether or not you watched the race yesterday, um, if you've been on social media, listened to the news or anything, you've made been made well aware of uh, circumstances that happened at the end of last night's race where. Ryan Newman, the driver of the number six Roush Fenway Racing uh, NASCAR Cup car, was leading coming to the checker flag and in a racing move went to block while leading coming to the checkers and ended up getting turned into the wall. Now, when the impact of him hitting the wall sent his car airborne into the air, when he came back down... He ended up being hit on the driver's side slash driver's side roof portion of his car by another car doing 197 miles an hour. Um, In real time, it looked very, very scary. It was not a good situation, but it wasn't until you saw things on TV and things weren't playing out the right way and something was up and it turned out that Ryan was unable to get out of the vehicle under his own power. He needed the assistance of the EMTs and trauma medics, and it ended up being not quite the situation that we ever want to see on a racetrack. And um, he ended up having to go to Halifax Medical Center down in Daytona. And we were, you know, me and I'm assuming you too, Rob, and everybody in the racing community, we were anxiously awaiting word on... Ryan's well-being and thankfully to the good graces of God we got a report saying that he was in critical condition but his injuries were non-life-threatening yeah thank God for that 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 crash was a jaw dropper it, it, I mean, it, it not was. hitting the wasn't bad enough if not being airborne and if that wasn't bad enough then getting hit at 197 that's the fact that he was that they're able to pull him out of the vehicle and get him to where he needs to be in a timely fashion is that was that was insane. 
Well, and it's it's also a true testament to how far these race cars have come in safety and technology in the last 20 years. Because if you think about it, today is the 19th uh, year anniversary of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s accident at Daytona and Daytona 500. Right. And um, we all know all the safety features that they have. It's just not enough. It's 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 not enough. It's never going to be ever enough. I mean, thankfully, we haven't had a fatality on a NASCAR track in 20 years. Right. Um, But at the same time, you know, these guys know what they're doing when they strap into those race cars. And it's, it's not a bravery thing. It's this is what they do. This is what they live for. Right. It's what they love. It's what they love to do. But at the same time, when all of this is going down, you know, first of all, my first thought was, you know, we are concerned for a fellow racer, but at the same time, I'm concerned for him as a family man, as a father. Right. He, you know, he's got two beautiful little girls that call him dad that, you know, are they old enough to understand what potentially is going on here? And right. when they do get old enough, they're going to see that and their jaw is going to drop. I mean, it, that in itself is sad. It, it it really is, and it, and you don't ever wish that upon anybody. You don't you don't ever want to see it, but you know from the good graces of God, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith. You know, we got that news last night that Ryan was in critical condition, which is still not out of the woods by any means. But his injuries were non life threatening. Now turn to today, Tuesday the eighteenth, which is the day that we are recording. Um. Earlier this afternoon, another report came out saying that Ryan is awake, he is alert, he is communicating with doctors and family members at Halifax in Daytona, which is just another positive reinforcing details that are coming out saying that, you know, Ryan should be okay from all this. Now, we don't know the extent of his injuries, we're not going to speculate, but he is communicating with family members and doctors, which is another glorious positive sign throughout all of this. Yeah. And if anybody saw the crash, knowing that he's alert and able to talk that in itself is, is amazing. Really. If if anybody ever, if anybody's seen the crash, that is amazing that he's able to do that at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's just the power of prayer and faith, man. It, It really is. And you know, I don't I don't know if you saw my post on my personal Facebook, but you know, for me oh, yeah. being I'm I'm just a crew member on a sprint car team, a local sprint car team here in Minnesota, and it don't matter whether you're the top ranks of NASCAR or you're a local Friday Saturday night racing series. We are a family. We are a tight knit community. And when one of us is hurt, we all come together. And that's what we did last night. And that's why I am so proud to be a part of this community and a part of this family. We all come together. We all pray. We all send thoughts and prayers. And we just all come together as one. And it's just such a tight-knit family. And, you know, it the outpouring for Ryan and everything. I mean, even, like, I don't drive cars. I just turn wrenches on them. You know, like when my, when my guys strap into their sprint cars during the summertime, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told them this or if I've ever told anybody this, but like, I say a little prayer for these guys and not just them guys. I say a prayer for all the competitors on the track. I say a prayer for all of the officials on the track. I say a prayer for all of the crew members and all of the fans. Just let's have a clean race. Everybody's coming back home. We're bringing the tray. We're bringing the cars back to the trailer in one piece and we're all just going to have a cold one after all. And we're going to laugh about it and enjoy whoever won the night. And we're just going to have a good time, you know, and, and, and race fans feel the exact same way. And a lot of us do the exact same thing. It's a family, so. man. It's a, it's a, it's a tight knit family. And we all came together last night for Ryan. He's obviously got a long road to recovery. Like I said, we are not going to speculate mm-hmm. on any injuries, but I don't expect to see him at Las Vegas this weekend in the number six, but I tell you what, that is one tough SOB. 
and my prayers and my thoughts go to him and his family, everybody at Roush Fenway, and we hope for nothing but a speedy recovery for Ryan and uh, that we will see him soon back at the track. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, we are going to take a quick commercial break because guess what? The bills don't pay for themselves around here, so we will come back with a 2020 Daytona 500 recap right after this break reaction time sports did you miss all the nascar action this weekend and looking to find out if your favorite driver won or parked it in the wall then look no further than the racing insiders they are your insider source for everything nascar arca trucks xfinity and the cup series are all covered by their championship driven team to bring you all the latest news updates and race recaps they are reaction time sports pit stop for all things nascar and they should be yours too go to the racinginsiders.com or find them on facebook and twitter at the racing insiders how about that, man? Like, I know I said this before, but we've got commercial breaks in the show. That's crazy. <laughs> I love it, man. I seriously do. And to touch base on one of our great sponsors on the show, the Racing Insiders, um, Tim, who's actually the owner and the lead editor for the Racing Insiders, he was down in Daytona for Speed Weeks this week. And I tried so hard to get him onto the show to give us a live update, but he's down there with his wife, got to have family time, of course. But uh, yeah, we were we were getting insight from down there from him directly. And if you want to check out on our Facebook page, he did a solid for us before the truck race on Friday night. He sent a video of me, uh, sent a video to me personally. He wrote Reaction Time Sports podcast on the yellow line in the trioval at Daytona for us. Nice. Yeah. So if you want to go and check that out, go to go to our Facebook page. Reaction Time Sports on Facebook and uh, check it out. And uh, definitely was. He didn't tell me that he was doing it. He just all of a sudden I got bleep. I got a notification on my phone and it was a video of our of our podcast name. He zoomed out. You saw the Daytona on the walls and the trioval. And I was like, that is freaking sweet, man. Thank you so much for doing that. That is so awesome. I can't believe I missed that. I'm going back to look at it. Absolutely. Give it a like. Give it a like, give it a like, share it, share the page, do anything. We want you to follow Reaction Time Sports. Heck yeah. So, there was a race ran on a Monday in primetime, and it was your 2020 Daytona 500. Denny Hamlin, the number 11 FedEx Toyota Camry for Joe Gibbs Racing, won for the second year in a row. Hard to believe. I wasn't pulling for him necessarily, but uh, hats off to him, and congratulations, congratulations to all them guys. But uh, yeah, man, just uh, what's your initial reactions from the race? I thought it was a good race. I mean, everybody was going strong. There was a couple, couple accidents, couple weird things that happened, like Kyle Busch's car just pumping and rolling out the smoke. That was, that was different. Well, and especially, especially from that team. Right, exactly, and and there you having motors expire like that, go down a cylinder, or blow up, if you want to call it that, that rarely happens in NASCAR well, anymore. Well, especially in the position that he was in. I mean, it's not like he was he was leading. He was, right, it's not like he was falling behind somebody. The front of his grill wasn't covered up with a bunch of trash. That generally happens when you're leading. It was just all of a sudden that was that was a weird turn. It, was a very weird it really was. And actually, to be honest with you, the Fox broadcast, they thought he had a tire rub. They thought it was tire rub. Yeah. yeah that, at first, I thought it was a tire rub, too, because it wasn't a whole lot of smoke rolling through there. But by the time he made it around half the half the track to try and get into the pits, I, you just knew it was done. Right. And it, finally, they had a side shot of him coming through the trioval. And you clearly see the smoke was coming out of the exhaust pipes on the right side. And I was like, that ain't, that ain't no tire rub. He's blowing up. <laughs> right. Which and, was sad for the whole Toyota group because they were in the back trying to avoid everything, avoid trouble. Yeah. And they had to work their butts off to get all the way back up just just into the leaders. Now, leaders area. Exactly, and and that was actually a point that I wanted to touch on because so with and just like you hit it on the head, the Toyota cars of Hamlin, Truex, Bush, Jones, and then their uh, satellite team, which is Levine Family Racing with Christopher Bell in the ninety five. Mm-hmm. In the first stage, they were all riding around the back, and yeah, and they weren't even they weren't even in the draft of the lead pack, and right. 
this had the whole Fox commentary. They they were they were baffled by it. They had no idea what was going on. And they're like, are they doing it for fuel mileage? Or like, what the hell are they doing? And here's my take on this. Because if, if you remember right, with about seven to go in that first stage, there was a caution. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that flipped everything. They flipped everything into the script for these guys to where it worked out in Toyota's favor. Now, I want to go mm-hmm. back. If that caution doesn't come out, do they yeah. do they pit? Do they come in and pit before the end of the stage? Just like everybody that was running up front, they probably were going to pit during at the stage end because they would have stayed out and collected those stage points. What would the right. what would the Toyotas done? I think they were riding on a lot of faith on that one, but I think if everything if we would have had green all the way around, they probably would have waited till stage end. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have gotten the track position, though. That's what doesn't make any sense. I I think they were just banking on cautions. They had to have. I mean, what what else? Would, I can't think of anything else besides fuel savings. But even then, you're only saving so much, and you have to pit at some point. Well, and that's and you the, have to make a move at some point, right? And that's the thing too is that they were far enough back to where if they were to pit before stage end, were they far enough back to where they would have even made it out of the pit road? before the lead pack would have came around and lapped them. There's no way. I just, the strategy, well, in the end, it paid off for them. They, they got, they got the state, they got the track position. They, next thing you know, the, the first five cars in line at the end of the stage was the Toyotas, but it just, it, I just really mm-hmm. takes me back and I want to know, like, I don't think we're ever going to know, but it's no. just like, I did that, that made no sense to me whatsoever. But I think they were. I think they were riding off of faith that there was going to end up being some sort of caution, because if if you remember right too, and after the first stage, you get into stage two, the end of stage two, the Toyotas were one, two, and four. I mean, that's they moved up pretty darn quick. Oh yeah, no, they they definitely mm-hmm. came back. Because if you if you look at stage two, do you do you remember what team was doing that exact same strategy in stage two? Mm-hmm. It was Stuart Haas cars. Right. They were all riding so, around in the back. I think they all had the same the same game plan, just at different timing. Right. Stay back, stay away from stay away from any potential wrecks, because if you're wrecked, you ain't gonna finish. No. And you need to finish as best that you can. So I I thought it was strange. I never I haven't seen that before. Where you even got Jeff Gordon guessing and trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, he didn't have a clue what was going on. Well, and that guy was on the track for how many years? Right. And if he doesn't have a clue, shoot, <laughs> nobody has a clue. Right. Well, even you got a you got a Cup champions uh, crew chief up there in McReynolds too, who was you know a crew chief for Earnhardt for X amount of years, and he didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, but it all paid off for him. No, it, it absolutely did. I mean, they got they got super lucky on that caution. I just want to know what would they have done if the caution never came out. That, that that's what I want to know, and we're never going to know the answer to it. No, we could we could sit and guess on what would happen, but we'll we'll never know. Right. It's just into. I mean, you also got to take into effect of it. It's it's Daytona. It's plate racing. You know, everybody's waiting for the big one. You know, which clearly happened twice. Um, and, and anybody, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're Kyle Busch or if you're Reed Sorensen. It, it's just it, you're gonna you're gonna get caught up to it. You just have to be lucky to get through it, right? Right, because if if you look at it, I'm actually looking at the finishing standings right now. So I'm looking at it. The only Toyota car out of that out of that whole strategy that finished in the top ten, which is evident, is Denny Hamlin because he won the race. Right. Uh, you know, you look, go back and there's Kyle. He finished 34th. Truex was 32nd. I don't have my glasses on, which this is really bad timing. Uh, Christopher Bell was 21st, and I remember he was still trying to make laps, and that car was demolished. <laughs> yeah. And then you got Eric Jones in 18. Yep, yep. Eric Jones in 18th. His car was, wasn't in anybody any other shape than anybody else's, but... And, you know, and if you go, if you actually look at this too, so you know how we were talking about the Stuart Haas cars were pulling that same strategy in uh, stage two? 
Right. So you end up getting Harvick fifth, Boyer sixth. So there's two of them right there. Right. Oh, okay. So Cole Custer, the other Stuart Haas car, he's over. He's down there in 37th. Almirola was 22nd. Oh, yeah. So clearly, I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel like any of these strategies, minus for Harvick and Boyer, really paid off because let's talk about the Hendrick contingency now. They were up front all day. Right. And the highest finishing Hendrick car was Chase Elliott in 17th. So clearly, okay. I'm no crew chief. I don't get, well, I am a crew chief, but not in NASCAR. It just, I don't even know, like, Chevy's got a team up. Ford's got a team up. Toyota's got a team up. It's like, the strategies just, just go out there and race. Right. I mean, you have your set teams and help each other out, which it looked like they were, to a point, they were trying, trying to help each other out. But the whole hang back and hope everything, hope everything goes according to plan, just put the, put the pedal down. Yep. Put the pedal down and go see what happens. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. That's go race. I, I don't know what you're waiting for. I mean, you could look at all the strategies that played out through the day, and I don't think either. I don't think any of them probably went according to plan necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all luck at restricted play racing. You know that there's going to be a big wreck. You just got to be either in front of it or way behind it. Right. Or Ricky Stenhouse, who just drives like a maniac. I don't know. <laughs> right. Seriously. Okay, so I don't know if you've listened to the other podcast, but yeah, I don't know. Have you figured out that my favorite word is dumpster fire? Yep. Okay, so I think this is going to be a segment starting, and I'm going to start it today. So my dumpster fire moment of the Daytona 500 goes to Ricky Stenhouse. And the reason why he gets this is because... He wins the pole, is up front all day. He's a contender. And he finally gets shuffled back into the pack. And he's freaking out. He's and here and I I get I get Stenhouse's mentality. He's not gonna sit in line. He's not gonna run single file up against the wall to click laps off. So he goes and makes a move on Ryan Blaney. And Blaney goes down and blocks him. Now, Blaney did not force him below the yellow line, in my opinion. Do you, do you recall what I'm talking about? I do, and he didn't. There's Everything that I saw, he did not get forced no. below the yellow line. He did it on his own power. Exactly. And for anybody who needs or doesn't know or already knows, at Daytona and Talladega, there is an out-of-bounds line on the inside of the track. It's a yellow line. You cannot gain position while going underneath said line, and if you do, you will be penalized. And that is exactly what happened to Ricky Stenhouse. Now, let's rewind about 100 laps before this, and he is bump drafting with William Byron and gets up on his corner panel the wrong way and wrecks William Byron. Yep. Not a fan of that. No, that was bad. That sucked. And he is notorious for doing these doing this on super speedways. So I, mean, I I get that he wants you know push it see how far we can go let's go let's go let's go, but not at the expense of another racer. Right. It just doesn't make I I don't agree with that. No, I don't agree with it either. With it either. But now we fast forward back. He goes to make he gets back into the pack. So now he's trying to move up front. Goes to make a move on Blaney. Goes underneath of him, advances his position while passing underneath the yellow line. Well, he goes on the radio and says, well, if I don't do that, then I'm wrecking everybody. All right. Well, here's my argument, Mr. Stenhouse. And this is why you get the dumpster fire award for the week is because you're at Daytona. You're at a super speedway. I get it. You check up, you will lose momentum at this point. In the race, there's still plenty of time that if you were to check up just a little bit so that you don't run into the back of Ryan Blaney, you would probably fall back somewhere. You were going to lose some positions, and I will agree to that, and I'm sure, Robbie, you will too. But you would have fell back in line, caught the draft, kept your car in one piece, and still would have been a contender to win the race. But no, you went under the yellow line. And for that, now you're back, had to serve a pass-through penalty, Yep. Now you're back farther in the pack. You've basically taken yourself out of contention, and then you get wrecked coming on the pit lane. 
Yep. Karma is a beep. And karma bit him good. And I don't, I wish I, that's what I got to do is I got to get a sensor button. I need a sensor button. Note to self. Note to self. Notes. Notes. Pen. Note to self. Sensor. Button. Done. Um. So yeah, my dumpster fire award for the weekend of racing at Daytona goes to Ricky Stenhouse. Congratulations. You are the inaugural winner of the dumpster fire award. What else you got for me, Rob? What's a hot take from the race? Give me something. I was a little bit disappointed in Jimmy Johnson. Okay. Not in him, just in his finish. Okay. I mean, it's it's his last Daytona 500. Doing great. Kicking butt. Staying at the top. Boom. Crash. Done. (laughs) Well, just like we said, it's all luck of the draw, you know. Right, but it just sucked. I want... Me personally, if it's my, it's his last race. He's been doing it for how long? You right. Know, yep. I get to that. Have, to have that one more, that just that one more, and there were so many people pulling for him. It's unfortunate. I mean, it did take out quite a, quite a bit of people too. So it wasn't just him. No, it was. Uh, if I uh, looking through my notes, that was the lap one eighty four incident, which would have been in the final stage, and it involved 19 of the 37 cars that were still racing at that time. Yeah, it happened at the front of the pack. It just cleared out people. That was... Go ahead. I'll tell you, some of the moves that people that people put on when that crash was going on just to avoid it, there was some that were within inches and made it right on through. Oh, I know. It, it was nuts. It was nuts. That, that was the... Uh, that was the Joey Logano bump drafting Eric Almarola into Brad Keselowski wreck. And I tell you what, I am not a fan. I'm not a Joey Logano fan either. So I'm I'm right there with you. I am not. Yeah, but you're a Kyle Bush fan. I am a Kyle Bush fan. I, you can be mad at winners, it's okay. But I also like on the other side of it, I also like Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer's good, but let's not ignore the fact that you're a Kyle Bush fan. I'm not ignoring it. I, I wear it with pride. Go M and M's, go Kyle Bush. Suck the way that it ended on Daytona. But hey, what can you do? There's always next week. I'm really starting to question the why I called you tonight. Yeah, but in reality you ended up calling me. Yeah, it's good hot takes. So boogity boogity, go Kyle Bush. <laughs> that one's for you. Hey man. It, today is the nineteenth year anniversary of us losing Dale Senior, so raise hell and praise Dale. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just I completely lost everything on my computer. This is great. Oh, there we go. Um, anywho, so yeah, so now we're getting towards the end of the race. We have given our dumpster fire award to Ricky Stenhouse. We're all crying rivers for Jimmy Johnson because he didn't make it in his last 500. I get it. It sucks for seven time, but he just wasn't meant to be. So, it wasn't, and it was Denny Hamlin's day. It was. It really was. Um, so we get that wreck, red flag. We're waiting. Got to clean up the carnage over there in turn three. Typical Daytona. At least there wasn't any. Uh, at least there wasn't any jet dryers out there, and Juan Pablo wasn't racing around trying to run into him. So we didn't have to worry about that. Um, getting ready to go, and. Uh, that wreck right there in itself ended up forcing uh, NASCAR overtime. And yeah. on that initial restart, there was a three-car incident that happened in the tri-oval because I think a couple of guys missed a gear, spun some tires, which ended up ruining Clinton Boyer's day because if that incident didn't happen, I really think Boyer had a shot at winning that race, even though he still finished sixth. But right, it, it's still a good finish, but- Yep, it ended up putting him back behind the eight ball a little bit. I mean, he still got a solid f- solid finish out of the deal, but I, I believe that if that didn't happen, I think we might be talking about something different. But, um, yeah, right. it, it involved him and McDowell, and they ended up spinning through the grass and the trioval and brought another caution out. So now we're basically in the NASCAR's version of overtime again. And I don't know. I don't know if you saw this, Robbie, but did you see that this was actually the longest Daytona 500 in history? I did not, but I believe it. So it was the longest 
ever because it concluded on lap 209, which hmm. accumulates to 522 and a half miles. Holy cow. That's a lot of racing. That is a lot of racing. I love it. I, I was totally happy with it. <laughs> I love it when they go into overtime because it, it can change everything. Right. So we go into overtime. Here we go. Restart. Denny Hamlin getting a hell of a push to get him out there. And as we talked of earlier, Newman ended up getting a hell of a run. He was getting a little help from Blaney. They get out to the lead. And, of course, we all know what happens from there. Um, All hell breaks loose, unfortunately, for Ryan. Like I said, thoughts and prayers are for him. Um, After they were wrecking through the trioval, it came down to the line between Hamlin and Blaney. And Blaney ended up edging out, or uh, I'm sorry, Hamlin ended up edging out Blaney for the victory at the Daytona 500, giving Hamlin back-to-back wins in the Daytona 500. And the first time a driver's done that since 1994, 1995, from I'm going to let Robbie guess the driver and see if you can figure it out who was the last driver to win back-to-back Daytona 500s. Oh, give it up. I can tell you right now, one of his former sponsors was what I am currently drinking at the moment. Oh, I'm at a loss all of a sudden. And that's really, really nice. His last name consists of something that you can catch in the sea. Something you can catch in the sea? Yes. All I can think of is fish. What kind of fish? Ones that flop around, breathe underwater. He he jumped out of his car in a he jumped out of his car during a Daytona 500 to fix a one of his fenders on the back stretch. Nothing, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it. Can't figure it out. I, my brain went click, gone. Sterling Marlin. Ah, uh, Sterling Marlin. The last driver to win back-to-back Daytona 500s in 1994 and 1995. I can't believe I forgot him. His sponsor was a frosty cold beverage that I'm not going to say on the air. Mm-hmm. You got to pay for them types of names. I do. I don't have that authority. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. I was close, though, because Marlon do flop around and they breathe underwater. I told you, I told you is his last name consisted of a fish that you could, that you could catch in the sea. (laughs) And you were absolutely right. See, I give pretty good clues. That was good, but my brain was just off. (laughs) It said, no. Said, no, I'm not guessing this. That's exactly what it did. By the way, I can't remember. I should, should have wrote this down. Did you see Martin Truex? Dragging the fuel can. <laughs> do you, do you, now, do you remember who the fuel can that was? Oh my god! I again, I, I I don't know if it's the time of night or what, but my brain is off on that one too. But I I laughed by myself in front of the TV. So it ended up being Chase Elliott's gas can. There you go. And. I don't know any of the crew members' names or anything, but if you watched a replay, when that gas can got whiplashed because it was still attached to the fuel cell of the car, it smacked the living piss out of that gas man. Yeah, it did. And I... Really, that's kind of funny. It's funny because the replay was quite hysterical in itself, but at the same time... um, we wish that he is okay and that he did not severe that he did not suffer any injuries from that incident. But yes, definitely uh not something that you see every day in a NASCAR pit stop. No, and I could just see Martin Truex just slamming the steering wheel, trying to go back and forth, trying to get that thing away from him. Well, okay, so now if you think about it, okay, let's go back to last year. It's his first year at Gibbs and everything, and I, I was a huge Martin Truex Jr. fan when he was racing in the 78 for Front Row Motorsports, and then ever since he went to Gibbs, he's just like a little whiny crybaby, so I'm sure he was in his car just going, get this GD gas can out of the front of my car, god dang it, ah, F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. <laughs> That's what makes it so funny. So, so I'm probably going to, so he probably was given like a, his interview out there. He's like, Oh, if I didn't run into that gas can, 
on pit lane, I wouldn't have been so far back in the pack and gotten wrapped up into that accident that happened and not finished 32nd. Right. And now, again, Kyle Busch, man. Sorry, everyone. But he definitely got that from Kyle Busch, that attitude. (laughs) But I can still see him just being in the car, just going crazy. Oh, I'm I'm sure he was losing losing his mind. (laughs) Like anybody would. Who drains a fuel can? Oh, that was good. I'm sure. I'm sure he was losing it. I'm, I mean, because I did at least well, I was watching the old broadcast, and I'm assuming things were said over the radio because a lot of times you'll see like Fox's broadcast, they'll like be like, oh, let's listen to the number 19 radio chatter about the incident. Well, they never did that. So I'm assuming there was a lot of content that needed to be edited before that was able to be aired on the air. So I'm assuming he was pretty upset. Yeah, I'm willing to guess that the producer was going, uh, why don't we listen in real quick? It's going, nope, we ain't going there today. We, are, we don't have enough edit sensor buttons and beeps and bleeps and, yeah, not happening. Uh, it would have sounded like Morse code, I'm sure. But in all reality, if if we're talking about Martin Truex Jr. here really quick, yes, he did finish 32nd in yesterday's race, but we still have to believe he is a contender by far for the rest of the season He's always been so good on mile and a half tracks that, you know, once we hit that stage of the season, he's definitely, it's just, it's restrictor play for racing. You're either going to, you're going to wreck or you're going to finish. So he's definitely, just because he finished 32nd yesterday, he is a contender for this year's championship. Right. I mean, well, you got a lot of people that have finished way, you know, if you go, people that finished 30 and below. There's some people on there that I think are going to be good contenders for the rest of the year, not just Truex. I mean, oh. there's a lot of big names down there. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and you've got the likes of Martin Truex Jr., Kyle, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Brad Keselowski, um, rookie Cole Custer. Now, I'm not saying that, I mean, he definitely has potential to make the top 16 for playoff for playoff points and another uh, another guy down there that finished last that was involved in the first incident of the race in William Byron. Right. And if you look at from a rookie standpoint, Cole Custer, he started in 12th as a rookie on Daytona 500. Absolutely. He's, he's got all the right tools to make himself a contender for the year. It, it really is. This is probably one of the strongest rookie classes that we have seen in 20 plus years, I mean, the last one that I can truly say that I remember that had that many notable names is when Junior and Kenseth came into the sport together. Right. So, I mean, we, we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, Christopher Bell, Cole Custer. Uh, so Christopher Bell in the 95 Levine racing Toyota, you got Cole Custer in the Stuart Haas number 41. Um, the other guy is Tyler Reddick for RCR in the number eight. And I mean, you can't even, and there's still other talent. I mean, those are the big three. Those are the big three that came out of Xfinity from last season. They, they've been fault. They've been chasing each other since the truck series and they, they've all kind of came up together. But on top of that too, you still, I mean, another guy who's in probably not as good as equipment. He's in another team is John Hunter Nemechek. And he had good showings in the Xfinity series. Um, he doesn't have the, he's, you know, Joe Nemechek's son, and everything, and he's, you know, he's in that group, and it just sucks because he's in obviously lesser equipment, but he's he's solid, he's a good driver. Yeah, but he started, he's a great driver, and for him to start, he started the race in 23rd, and look where he finished. Yeah, 11. He finished in 11th. Yeah. Yeah, with, with not, with not like top of the line of everything. Right. It, it's his hands putting putting things together absolutely i mean they I, I know that that team does have alliance with roush so they do definitely do have roush power under the hood um right but they, but they don't have everything that they have no absolutely so a lot of it a lot of it's him you know i believe it's a lot of a lot of him and his input and getting his hands dirty which is awesome and so to see him go from 23rd all the way up to 11th that's cool absolutely man and that's the cool thing about restrictor plate racing is that anybody I mean, anybody can win the race. That's what makes it so exciting. Right. And if you're, and if you're looking at the finishing order here, I mean, okay, so Chris Busher makes the jump from JTG Doherty 
and moves over to Roush into the number 17 that was piloted by our Dumpster Fire Award winner Ricky Stenhouse last year. Finishes third. You got David Reagan, who is on a who, who was on a one-off race. He's not going to be racing in Las Vegas this weekend. That was his one-off race trying to win one more 500. He's retired. Wow. Well, he did he did an outstanding job. He did, did from third to fourth. <laughs> he he absolutely. You got another guy. This Brendan. I love Brendan Gaughan. Brendan Gaughan is a character in himself on and off the track. I love watching this dude give interviews. He only races a super speedway track, so he's racing four races a season in cup. He's going to race the two Daytonas and the two Talladegas. That's his forte. He loves racing super speedways. Finishes seventh. And he came from 39th. I know. Yeah, he basically said it himself. He's like, we got into the race on time. He did not care about the duels. Started 39th, finishes seventh. Um, just putting it to the floor. Absolutely, man. Love it. And he was involved in a wreck, too, so I'm sure that car wasn't in one piece. No. We also got Corey LaJoy, you know, another name that's known in the garage area. Normally, if you're at not non-restrictor plate race, he's probably finishing somewhere between 25th and last, but hey, solid finish, 8th place. Good good job. Right. He had that car last year where he put his face on the grill. That was epic. I loved it. <laughs> that was fun. Yep. Um, like we noted, John Hunter Nemechek finished 11th. Uh, Justin Haley uh, won the rain-shortened Fourth uh, of July weekend race at Daytona last year, so that that was a one of the uh, one of the special moments from last season. Finishes thirteenth, and that was a one-off deal for him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael McDowell fourteenth. You know he's a series regular, but he's normally always puts on a good show at the restrictor plates. Bubba Wallace, gotta love Bubba. Always love Bubba. I love me some Bubba. Bubba's fun to watch. Absolutely. I love me a little Bubba. So does the Boom Boom, too. 16th, Brandon Poole, another rookie, coming up from Xfinity. He had a good year last year in Xfinity, so another good show on there. Real good show. And it just goes down the line. That's just restrictor play racing, man. Restrictor play racing It's just fun to watch. You don't know what's going to happen. It's unpredictable. Just makes for great racing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's a good time. And I just want to touch on, on one thing, too. I know that it's a little late. But the clash, oh, oh my god! If, if people if people haven't seen it, you need to go back and watch it. Whether you watch NASCAR religiously like we do, or if you watch it every once in a while, you have to go back and watch that. Right? No, people just didn't care. They just want they wanted that first place finish, and they didn't care how they got there or what their car looked like and how they did it. It was the Bush crash, man. Nobody cared. They literally, like, Joe Gibbs said it from Eric Jones winning the race. He's like, we spent over a million dollars to win a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously, if, if, if you haven't seen it, anybody out there, if you haven't seen it, you have to go watch that. Go yeah, watch I, it. We'll not let you down. <laughs> Rewatch it. Definitely. So just a quick, uh, you know, we're, you know, and this is, the, this is the fun thing about podcasts is we kind of had a set agenda and we bounced around from bit to bit and everything. But uh, yeah, 500 was yesterday. Denny Hamlin's your winner back to back for the first time uh, since Sterling Marlin in 94, 95. So congrats, congrats to Denny. Our hey, thoughts buddy. and prayers continue to be with Ryan, Ryan Newman after his wreck. And uh, like I said, continuous thoughts and prayers and nothing but love. Ryan Newman and a speedy recovery for, for him and his family. And uh, let's look forward a little bit uh, as we get in down here to the uh, last few minutes of the show. We move on to Las Vegas this Sunday. Hopefully the race will be on Sunday. I would assume it's going to be on Sunday because they are out in Vegas. It doesn't rain out there a lot. It's the second race out of 36. It's, we got a long way to go. You know, this, this season rolls all the way to November, so it's very early. Denny's got his spot in the in the playoffs locked up. So we have one driver. Vegas, you know, it's it's got its casual. It's got its regulars that race there really good. Um, but with the new package and everything, you know, maybe we're going to see something new. Um, so definitely... Uh, potentially some of the regulars that run there really well and they might be you know have a little contention from other guys that don't normally race there really good another thing to look forward to i mean if we're looking down the road here you know kyle your boy kyle bush number 18 m&m's toyota 
wins, yeah, wins his second championship last year. You know, if we're looking at the longevity of the season, you know, let's be bipartisan here, you know, but put aside like, you know, our favorite drivers and, any, and everything. Like, do you see Kyle Busch having a, 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 in a solid place to repeat, to get back-to-back championships since for the first time since Jimmy's done it? to win his third championship or is there another driver out there in your opinion that could really contend to maybe show up and dethrone Kyle as the reigning champion or is there a sleeper in your opinion that could be lying there in the weeds that could potentially make that final four in Phoenix come November to win the championship I think Kyle Busch is going to have a long hard tough season not just you know not just because of his his car failure this you know yesterday but look at everybody's got to go up against. I mean, he's, he's going to have one heck of a tough road. Personally, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be able to repeat. I don't think he's going to be able to get third. But if he does, good for him. I just, I just don't see it. There's there's too much competition there for him. But the one sleeper that I think has a really good chance of it is Tyler Reddick. Whoa! I think he's going to come out of the gates just screaming. I think it's going to go all year. Wait, so hang on a second. Thank you. I said this the last time on the podcast because my last hope, my last special guest host made it, in my opinion, an outrageous statement. And I feel like another one has just been said. You were saying that Tyler Reddick has a chance to, as a rookie to win the NASCAR Cup Series championship? I do. Really? I, I, I think he's, I think he's got it. I don't, I, I don't think he's got it, but it, he's got all the right tools. Like we were saying before, he's got all the right tools to make it happen. He's got Richard Childress racing behind him. I I think he's going to give it a good go. This, I think he might be the one. Wow. 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 That That is a bold, and I mean a bold prediction. I mean, are you are you – banking them in for the final four or are you banking them in to win the whole damn thing i think i'm banking them in for final four okay so you're not saying championship <laughs> aspirations no but i think he's going to give everybody i think he's going to give everybody a good scare wow i like a look at this kid here here he comes i, I think it's too close to call who's going to win it overall oh, at this point it's too early yep but i think he's he's going to be up there in the top contenders that's a. Uh... <laughs> I did not expect that name. I really did not. Well, you know, Kyle Busch can't win everything all the time. Thank God. Got to got to have new people. Right. Like they're saying, this new class is really impressive. It it really is. But I I, I would, I and if I had to rank the rookie class this year, I think you know, I think a lot of people will rank it this way. It would be Bell one, Custer two, Reddick three. Um, crazy things have happened. Oh. You never know. Come right there. No, I know it definitely. It could be like I said. It could. We got three restrictor plate races left. Well, two during the regular season, technically. Um. So I mean, I mean, we didn't even touch on that. The 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 schedule changed through NASCAR. The last race before the reg before the regular season closes out, the the race before the playoffs start is Daytona. Right. I mean, that's that. I mean, you just kind of nailed it on the head right there. I mean, that is the wild. That is the wild card of wild card races. The to have before you jump into the playoffs. So if you go back and look at, okay, so if we want to go off of history from the race that just happened yesterday, you're telling me that potentially let's say things play out a little differently and let's say Corey LaJoy is racing really good. Okay. He finished eighth yesterday. He wins the race come August before the the playoffs start or whenever the heck it is. And Corey yep. LaJoy is going to jump in there and grab the last spot in the playoffs? Yeah. Isn't that see, crazy? See, okay. And I know, okay, this this podcast go on for a long time because I'm going to go on a little tirade here for a second. So many people, and I know I've, I've had my moments where I have jumped on and I have bashed NASCAR when I really shouldn't have because I'm not looking at the long game of things and people are like, why are we changing the schedule? Why are we changing the playoff format? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Okay, people. It's a coming of the time. It's the t- times are changing and you have to adapt to when times change. This isn't the good old boys banging fenders like it was back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's not going to be that anymore. I'm sorry. Those days are gone. Okay. The stage racing, 
That's the thing. That's what it's going to be, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I don't see that changing. And to, I don't see it changing either. And to be honest with you, it breaks the race up. You know, yeah, let them race, let them race. But at the same time, you got to look at something. You got to like when it comes down to a race. When it comes down to the race in itself, and this goes for any type of racing, there may be a race where, let's say, Martin Truex Jr. He's really good on mile and a half tracks. His team hits the setup just right, makes all the right calls on strategy, and he dominates the race, which could lead to people being, that was a boring race. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's think about it, though. A team put off, put in enough preparation and effort to where they were the best car on the track that night or that day. And they deserve to win. Now, they right. may have stopped the crap out of the other 39 drivers on the track, but they earned it. It may not have been the most entertaining race, but that just goes to show of a good good crew, a good driver, and a good team. Absolutely. So, but then you get to these restrictor plate races. Maybe you get to like a Bristol. You get to a Martinsville. The racing's really close. You might have a one thousandth of a second, a tenth of a second, whatever it may be, finish, and everybody's going, that's the racing that we need all the time. That's not the racing that you're going to get at every track. And people need to understand that. It's just not going to happen. Those races are far and in between. And I don't... They put in cages. Exactly. You're giving some... It's just... Ugh. I could go on a tirade about this for... Well, I can't do it. You look at the stages. People... Before before the stages. Before they implement, you know, stage one and stage... You know, all, the, all those. People that weren't super suit. I mean, they were into NASCAR, but not super into NASCAR, which was myself back in the day. Okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't born with M&Ms in an 18. Um, what were you born with? I was, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> you were a Dick trickle fan, weren't you? So anyways, back <laughs> before the, <laughs> so, I mean, you, you tune into the last, what? 45 minutes, half hour, because that's when everybody's going hard. That's when everybody's trying to, trying to get that, get that, get that win. Well, now you put in stages. It's not just the end of the race. It's whenever the stage, stage ends too. So you're having more excitement to those people that aren't watching it, you know, from, from uh, start to finish. Now we're starting to watch it a little bit more to the start. And starting to go all the way to the finish, right? There's more, there's more excitement because it's it's nap car. I've heard that one many, many times. Oh, so have I. It's just <laughs> race, racing's racing, man. I mean, whether it's asphalt, dirt, Formula One, IndyCar, NHRA. I mean, racing's racing, man. You got to respect good racing. Just just like I said a couple minutes ago, it's it's not going to be bumper to bumper, fender to fender, close finishes every race. There's someone's going to hit it. Someone's going to get the setup. There, it, it's going to happen, and we are going to have those races. Races to where somebody just absolutely dominates, and that's just racing. Yep. And kudos to them; they did their job. That's what they are paid to do. Yep, and paid paid more than what people think to do. <laughs> right? It's just like, come on, people, stop bashing our sport and stop pissing and moaning i mean granted i i understand there are things i don't agree with everything that nascar is doing you know but at the same time i do agree with a lot of things that they are doing just it doesn't need to be bashed the way it is this would kill it's i mean you can see it by looking on tv and looking into the grandstands it's not like it was back in the day those stands are not full and it sucks and it really does it just starting to get back to it but we got a long ways to go no, we do. And and hopefully, you know, in recent, you know, following last season, NASCAR has made some changes. They don't have a, they don't have a title sponsor anymore. It's just the NASCAR Cup Series kind of falls in line with the NBA, the MLB, the NFL. It's not title sponsored leagues. It's just the NASCAR Cup Series. They still have all the sponsors and everything, but it's they, that, that's what they're going for. And just I, if anybody is listening to this and just, you know, and I know everybody has their opinion on NASCAR and everything just give it a chance if you're a racing fan and you feel like nascar is dying just stay with it do not give up go out and watch the race support it go to a local dirt track do something support the sport we need to get people invested into racing yep and you go to one you go to one race that you think's interesting and you're hooked 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yep. Like my wife didn't know diddly squat about racing until she met me. So I don't know. That's my rant for the rest of the night. It kind of got off topic there. We all was getting ready to close the show out about 13 minutes ago, but that didn't happen. Well, you know, it's good content. It, well, right. And it's, it's podcast. We don't have to be regulated. No, I'm not. I can go as long as I want. We can run this thing out for two hours. I can't guarantee everybody's going to listen to it for two hours, but I hope they do. Right. If I like stay awake and talk for two hours, people can listen for two hours. I have faith. No, actually, we we probably shouldn't do that because we both have to have obligations tomorrow to attend to. Yep, and I gotta put the kitties to bed here pretty soon. <laughs> okay, well, got a little off track there again, but that's the be- beauties of podcasting and just talk whatever the heck we want to talk about. But uh, before that, bold statement by Robbie. Thanks, Tyler Reddick, rookie. RCR and the number eight will make the final four in the playoffs at Phoenix. I severely disagree with that statement, but at least I have it recorded and I can go back to it come November. That's right. Anything in, uh, so that's kind of your sleeper pick. I mean, besides, I mean, do you, does anybody stand out that maybe from last year, maybe is riding a little momentum that you would, you know, think you could, you could put a solid bet on potentially being a 2020 NASCAR cup series champion. Uh, see, I don't like making I don't like making those predictions. This you just made a prediction season. that Tyler Reddick's going to finish in the top four. I I know I know I am I I feel very strongly about that one. Then make a strong um, prediction on this year's champion. All right, I'll do it. I am going to go with you know what? Let's go with Martin Truex. Okay, I can I can I can agree with that. We'll go with the the gas can hitter. <laughs> <laughs> The hater of the hater of Sunoco fuel gas cans. <laughs> he he made it very well known. There you go. All right. So Tyler Reddick's a sleeper. Martin Truex Jr. is uh the odds on favorite for the championship this year. I would want to say I've been telling people this since the Chili Bowl. Now do you know what the Chili Bowl is? Yes, and it's making me incredibly hungry. That's no, not that till the chili bowl. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson yep. won the Chili Bowl earlier in January, and he had ended up having a 10th place finish yesterday. And I think he had a really good offseason as well, driving a sprint car over in Australia and won some races. And I truly think, and he's also in a contract year too with Chip Canassi. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where he lands after 2020. But I think that this guy is riding a wave of momentum. And I think he makes the final four. And I think he could be a serious contender for this year's championship. I like it. I really do. That's my bold prediction. I think Kyle Larson is a solid chance at winning NASCAR. I'm actually, you know what? Kyle Larson will be your 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion. You're gonna go ahead and say it. I'm saying it, Kyle Larson, all the way. All right. And if I had to pick, if I had to pick one person to be in the final four that somebody may not think would be there, mm-hmm. I got to go with Boyer. I really think with the changing, I really, I truly believe that with the changing of the schedule and things are way, the way things are lining up, I really do. I think the the final four come Phoenix in November is not going to be household names that you're used to. I really don't. And I'm all right with that. I'm good with and that. I, I love seeing. I love seeing it. Seeing new. I don't like seeing repeats unless it's Kyle Busch. But I also am a fan of Clint Boyer. Yep. And I'm. I'm good with that. I'm. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, man. Quick uh, last minute. Last minute prediction: Who wins Vegas on Sunday? Ooh. He's gonna win Vegas on Sunday. Yep. Well, they have a short week too. I'm. Yeah, I want to say my boy, but people are gonna get tired of me saying it. That's all right. I'm going Bush. Going, going with Kyle. Kyle. All right. Well, I like Happy Harvick. I'm going with Kevin. There we go. But you know what? It'll probably be like Hamlin wins two in a row. <laughs> right. <laughs> or I'll just be. Your buddy Bubba. <laughs> That'd be sweet, but that'll not happen. Right. They got a lot of work to do over there at uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. They do. Nothing like a rebuilding year. 
stuff rebuilding. You're still building. <laughs> but, uh, well, man, it was, uh, it's been an exciting hour on Reaction Time Sports Podcast today. We talked a little racing. Actually, a lot of racing. First racing podcast episode. And it was the third episode, so race hell, praise Dale. Yeah, buddy. I can't thank you enough for coming on, man. I really do appreciate it. You you know, you probably worked a long day today. You haven't been feeling good. Got the kiddos you got to put to bed. You know, you, you're just hitting all that. You're you're playing dad. You're playing man of the house. You're, you know, you're playing podcast special, go, special guest host. I mean, I can't thank you enough, man. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. It's been fun. There you have it. Rob Dorman coming in. NASCAR aficionado expert giving bold predictions that Tyler Reddick's going to be in the top four at the end of the year. Don't agree with that one, but uh, there you have it, kids. Tyler Reddick, top four. Robbie Dorman, set it here first on Reaction Time Sports Podcast. Wait and see. (laughs) Right on, man. Well, uh, thank you again. Thank you very much. Uh, We're going to close it out here. Um, Thank you again to everybody who is uh, following us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you want to find us, message us, uh, leave a comment, um, anything sports related, racing, anything. If you have a question, we will answer it live on the podcast. You want a shout out? I'll give you a shout out. It don't matter. I got to give a shout out to the people out in Breckenridge, Minnesota. I can see like where I can see where my listeners are coming from through my hosting site. And I have four listeners in Breckenridge. I don't know who you are. I don't even know where Breckenridge is until I Googled it. I can't thank you enough, guys. If you can find me on social media and can message me who you are, I will give you a personal shout out on the podcast. So if you're listening to this, uh, get a hold of us. I will special shout out to you guys all day, all day long. Facebook, Instagram, Reaction Time Sports. If you want to find us on Twitter, at Reaction Time Sports, at RTS Podcast One, get a hold of us on there. Next episode coming up that we're going to record is going to be Saturday, and it's a special guest of mine. He is the driver of the number 69S UMSS non-wing sprint car. John Luer will be in studio with us, the guy that allows me to turn wrenches on his race car. I can't wait to have him in studio. That's going to be a fun one, guys. I can't wait to record that one. Thank you again. It's been fun. Episode 3, Reaction Time Sports Podcast. Y'all have a good night.